what else do you expect? Week one, the Patriots of New England, the Pittsburgh Steelers coming to town, wiped their asses. Let's go. Pats are making a run to the Super Bowl. They are fine-tuned. They are greased up. Tommy boy looking sharp. Run game looked a little stale. I didn't love that. Passing game looked great. Dorsett's a weapon. Edelman. We got Josh Gordon. Tight ends kind of suck. Hopefully Gronk comes back week 14. If not, we got our boy AB. He'll be on board by then. Offense looking great. Defense. Oh, oh. Best secondary the New England Patriots have had this decade. Phenomenal. Phenomenal secondary. Deep as my dick into Mike Tomlin's asshole. Oh, so deep. So, so deep. We got our linebackers. Bentley, Hightower. We got four starting quality outside linebackers. that can. Some can play inside Jamie Collins. Some are pass rushers. Chase Winovich getting some time. Looked great. Front seven, awesome. D-line, loving them. Loving them. This could be, Teddy Bruschi said, this is the best Patriots defense since he played. I don't know if Teddy Bruschi said that. One of the Patriots said it. I don't know. This defense is fucking incredible. Offense is looking great. We're looking like we're in week 12 right now. It's week one. The Steelers. Did they have an offseason? Did they show up to training camp? Because it looks like this is the first day they put pads on. What a fucking wipe. Oh, put them into the ground. That was embarrassing. Embarrassing. That is a historic, reputable, supposed to be one of the greatest franchises in NFL history. They looked like ass cheese yesterday. Ass cheese. Moldy, funky, smelly, disgusting. That was gross. If you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you should revolt. You should be puking onto your couches watching that shit. Oh, that was horrible. They'll be better down the line of the season. That'll be a good division. I expect the Browns to bounce back too. Ravens obviously wiped the Miami Dolphins off the field. That'll be a good division. Pittsburgh will get better, but oh, the Patriots. I mean, it's just... It's the greatest sports team to root for in history. We've won six... Super Bowls. Six Super Bowls, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick together. And they still come week one just hungry as could be. They're so hungry. I it, I don't understand. They, they have this Michael Jordan just elite competitiveness on top of their greatness. How, I don't know how you win six Super Bowls and still show up week one. Just gunning, just so motivated, so hungry to win. It is truly inspiring and incredible to watch. Let's go, Patriots. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Biggest storyline of the week. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Everyone Patriots is talking about it. Everyone nationally is talking about it. A.B. to the Pats. He's a psycho. He's just a psycho. I am 100% on the Raiders' side for kicking him off. I love Mike Mayock. I love rooting for John Gruden as a character. He is John Gruden is one of my most beloved entertaining coaches. I think he is just fabulous to watch. He's amazing. Mike Mayock, I think, is a legitimately top 10 GM. He is great. Mike Mayock is awesome. And he didn't take AB shit. And AP... 
AB was brought in by Gruden. That was Gruden's boy because Gruden wanted talent. He needed a star. They took a risk on him. Didn't pan out. Mike Mayock cut the cord, said, get this fucking asshole out of here. And that's what AB was. He was like that in Pittsburgh. He was like that on Oakland. Now he's coming to New England. Everyone says, look, it's the New England way or the highway. It's not like that. Somehow no other organization in the NFL has the type of establishment, um, type of bar that's set, that's expected. You show up, you do your job, or you get the fuck out. So people say AB's, he clearly wants to come here. There's a lot of rumors that he wanted to come here when he was on Pittsburgh, but obviously the Steelers aren't going to trade him to the New England. They're not that dumb. Finds his way here. He says he's bought in. He's a crazy person. I like him for this year. I think it'll work out well this year. I think he can keep his mouth shut this year. But Antonio Brown, half crazy, half intelligent. He knows football is not his career. Antonio Brown's career is social media. Antonio Brown gets clicks and makes money on social media by acting like a crazy person. So this year, I think he'll step in line. I think he'll keep his mouth shut. I think he really wants to win a Super Bowl. I think he really wants greatness. He wants to reach that pinnacle of the sport, much like Darrell Rivas did once upon a time. He came to New England. He won his ring, and then he got the fuck out. He cashed his checks. He went elsewhere to make his money. I think A.B. is very similar. I think A.B. is going to come in. He's going to shut his mouth this year. He's going to do a great job for us. Patriots have a team option, $20 million for next year. I pray we don't sign that. I want A.B. this year. I want to use him. I want to use his talents. I want to get a seventh fucking ring for the New England Patriots. And then I want him out of town. Because eventually, Antonio Brown is going to go back to the social media. He's going to go back to making the crazy videos because that's his bread and butter. That's his career. Football, he's cashing some checks right now. He's having some fun, building a legacy in the NFL. Antonio Brown's career is on social media, much like Julian Edelman, much like Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady. He knows he has to make a career outside of football. Unlike those three on the Patriots, he makes that career on social media by acting like a complete lunatic and an asshole. But that's how he does it. That's how he makes his money. And eventually he's going to go back to doing that. And I don't want him on the Patriots when he goes back to that. So I want Antonio Brown here. I want to win a Super Bowl with him. And I want to see him get the hell out of town. I I think. I don't know. I think it'll work out for this year. Issue is... We saw Philip Dorsett have a great game. I think he had maybe four or five targets, about four catches, two touchdowns, 137 yards. Not a high volume, but a high production. Antonio Brown's going to go into that role. Josh Gordon's going to stay in his role on the outside, doing the deep slants. He's going to do the comebacks. Julian Edelman's going to be playing in the slot, doing the pivots, doing the quicker slants, quick outs. Antonio Brown probably going to catch some screens, and then he's going to be doing deep route. He's going to stretch the field for us. But he's not going to receive the volume that he received in Pittsburgh. He's not going to get the volume that he would have gotten in Oakland. Hopefully, he doesn't get bitchy. He doesn't complain about that lack of volume. 
again, I think for this year, he won't complain because he's going to come in. The Patriots aren't going to surprise him with a low amount of volume. They're going to give him a higher volume than Dorsett, but he is going to fill that role. He's going to catch screen passes. He's going to stretch the field going deep. He's not going to get the ball every time. As we saw on Sunday, the Patriots at running back and receiver are loaded with weapons, loaded with options. The Patriots, everyone says it, they mold. Their greatest strength is that they mold week to week, game plan to game plan. They change their strategy. They change how they play. Some weeks Antonio Brown might get 10, 15 catches. Other weeks, he might get two or three. It's all going to depend on the game plan. Antonio Brown's going to know that going into it. The Patriots are going to tell him, this is the game plan. This is your role. Certain weeks, that role is going to be big. Certain weeks, that role is going to be small, depending on the defense that we're playing, depending on the game situation that we're playing. I think Antonio Brown's going to be happy with that, or at least accept it, for this year. If he stays around long term, we're going to have to start building the offense around him. Right now, we have a power run offense. West Coast power run offense. If Antonio Brown sticks around long term, we're going to have to build the offense around him in order to keep him happy. I don't know. I don't like that, but that's a topic for a different time. This year, we got Tom Brady. We got Antonio Brown. I think it's all going to work out great this year. Very excited. Biggest thing, whether Antonio Brown works, whether Antonio Brown doesn't work, he is not on the Chiefs. Holy hell, that is terrifying. If Antonio Brown wasn't a Patriot, in all likelihood, he's on the Kansas City Chiefs. Let me tell you, New England, you do not want to see Antonio fucking Brown on the Kansas City Chiefs at the AFC Championship. You're trying to go through him, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Hardman, LaShawn McCoy, Damian Williams, Patty Mahomes. You don't want that shit. So win or lose, $9 million is worth possibly 15, is worth keeping Antonio Brown off the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are our only legitimate threat to not making the Super Bowl. I fully expect the AFC Championship to be in Foxborough this year. I do not think Bill Belichick wants to end up on the road in the AFC Championship like we did last year. That was a scary game. You could make a strong argument that we got very lucky and should not have gone to the Super Bowl last year. This year, We will be playing the AFC Championship in Foxborough. And thank God we will not be seeing Antonio Brown on the Kansas City Chiefs when we do that. One play, pretty interesting, the double pass they pulled out in that game. On the double pass, Edelman threw it back to a screen to James White. Tom Brady throws it to Edelman on the right side of the field. Edelman throws it back. To James White on the left side of the field. They run a screen with James White. Great play. Josh Gordon on that play ran a deep route and was wide open for a touchdown. Not wide open, but he had a couple of steps on his guy. It was one-on-one coverage. Josh Gordon was easily behind him. That was a touchdown. Look for them to go back to that at some point in the regular season or the playoffs. Much like they did 2014. They ran the double pass against the Chiefs. Brady didn't throw it. To Edelman to execute the double pass. Brady threw it to Brandon LaFell for a touchdown, but the Patriots noticed that that play was open, hit the playoffs going against the Ravens. They hit the double pass, works for a touchdown. So look for the double pass, Julian Edelman to Josh Gordon, maybe Julian Edelman to Antonio Brown. 
That will come up again most likely in the playoffs. That play was open. Biggest concerns for the Patriots. Number one, keep Brady healthy, obviously. Enough said about that. Number two, and a real legitimate concern, is keeping the offensive line healthy. Defense, our front seven looks great. We have depth. Secondary looks great. We have depth. Wide receivers, running backs, depth, depth, depth. Offensive line, it's a little shaky. Marcus Cannon goes down with a shoulder injury. Looks like he could be out a couple weeks. Not going to be anything long term. That specifically doesn't scare me, but if we start racking up injuries on the offensive line, this is going to get tough. That could derail the season. That could really screw us up. The offensive line is everything. It's everything. No skill players. Skill players don't matter. Tom Brady doesn't matter. We need the offensive line. We're a running offense. It's not a Tom Brady offense. Tom Brady does make the offensive line better with how quick he gets the ball out on passing. But if we're going to win a Super Bowl, we're going to need to be able to run the ball. And we cannot run the ball if we have a crappy offensive line. Looks like the guy, seventh round pick, second year from Arizona Cardinals, Corey Cunningham. He's going to be starting in the right tackle spot. Supposedly this coming weekend, if Marcus Cannon is out, I like that our backups are going to get reps. It sucks that Cannon got hurt, but I actually like early in the season, the next five, six weeks, we have a very easy schedule. I like those backups getting reps right now, but we already got David Andrews out. Now our right tackle gets banged up. Isaiah Wynn, we don't really have a backup at left tackle for him. This is shaky. So I like Corey Cunningham, a tackle, getting reps early in the season. Interesting, he got drafted in the seventh round. We traded a sixth round pick for him. I'm assuming that means he's out playing. He played six games his rookie year, tail end of the season for the Cardinals. Um, tackle got hurt there. So he's got game experience. He's got six games of film. It's not nothing for a second year guy. Six years ain't bad. Six games, excuse me, ain't bad. We Watch him. Watch him. That's a key depth guy. Backup tackles. We need him to perform well. O-lineman is the thinnest position we have, and it is a vital position to the success of the Patriots this year. Let's. I'm hyped. I'm very excited about the New England Patriots. I fully expect them to be in the, in the Super Bowl. But Patriots are an extremely well-coached team, obviously, compared to the rest of the league. We were very prepared tonight. Steelers were very unprepared tonight. By the time we get to the second half of the season, all the other teams are going to have caught up and they're going to be just as finely tuned. They're going to be just as well prepared. So as dominant as the Patriots were tonight, I expect them to be dominant over the next five or six weeks leading up to our bye. Coming off the bye, don't expect them to just roll over teams. All right, they, We have a good team, but other teams are going to get better. It's football. Anyone can win. We are by far the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Odds-wise... I test-wise, we are the favorites, but favorites in football. They're one-game playoff games. Anything can happen. Our O-line could get injured. Who the hell knows? So tamper expectations a little bit. Just a little bit. Other Boston news, Dave Dombrowski got fired from the Sox. I don't give a shit. He got us a World Series. That was dope. He kind of just sold farm players for big-name free agents. He executed the deals. Kudos to him. I don't think that was a particularly 
special talent. Wasn't a guy we needed to hold on to. I'm sure we can find someone else. Someone probably better at trading bigger names for farm talent, I would assume. We're going to try and build back that farm system over these next couple years. Because we got a World Series, so not a surprise. I don't know. I think, apparently there's some. Kirk Manahan was talking about Dombrowski has this big scandal that they're going to come out. The Red Sox are going to have some smear campaign. So that'll be interesting. Hopefully we get some juicy news about Dombrowski. Maybe he had a little fun time in Florida with Bobby Kraft. Who knows? Uh, We'll see. Boston Globe should be putting out a fun piece on him. In the coming months, we'll be looking for that. But uh, as far as the future of the Red Sox, I don't think Dombrowski gone really affects him. Kind of expecting that. Part two of the show. Get to the bets. I gave you the 10-team teaser last week. This one's on me. That's on me. That was a big, big, fat, 60-ounce sirloin juicy L I gave you. Miami Dolphins, 7.5-point underdogs at home, week one. Probably the worst bet of my career. That was a horrible bet. Just a stupid bet. uh, Idiotic. I mean... I like my logic. I was okay with my logic. Week one, every NFL team thinks they have a chance. A home dog over a touchdown underdog at home, week one? I mean, that's, that's good logic. You take that dog every time. Vegas clearly knew there was something wrong with the Dolphins. I did not know that. I was an idiot. That was the worst bet I've ever made. I sincerely apologize for making that bet. That was stupid. That was stupid, stupid, stupid. I'm an asshole. I'm an idiot. That's a dumb fucking bet. Clean the slate. I'm making it up. This week, 10-teamer, plus 275, putting two units on it. We're starting off Minnesota Green Bay. 13-point teaser. Brings it to under 57.5. Unders and underdogs. That's the name of these 10-point teasers. Unders and underdogs. Minnesota Green Bay, under 57.5. Green Bay showed you week one they have a dominant defense. Minnesota showed you, shutting down the Atlanta Falcons. A lot of people are shitting on the Atlanta Falcons. They have a good offense. Trust me, they have a good offense. And Minnesota has an even better defense. They shut them down. Those two defenses going at each other, under 57.5. On top of that, it's in Green Bay. Minnesota, plus three. So they're saying Minnesota Green Bay are even teams. Surprising. I would expect the Packers to maybe be four-point, five-point favorites with the whole Aaron Rodgers things. Joe Public likes to follow the good quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers being an all-time great. Those are That's a dead-even line. Division game, even line, defensive teams. It's going to be a close game. What do you do? How do you tease a close game? You take the under, you take the underdog. You take those three points, slap 13 on top of them. Minnesota plus 16. This is going to be a close game. It's going to be a defensive battle. There's no chance Green Bay wins by over 16. If somehow Green Bay comes out to a flashy start, put up a ton of points, unlikely after what they showed last week. But even if they do that, Minnesota has enough talent. Dalvin Cook, they can run the ball. Thielen, Diggs, they'll be able to backdoor cover 16 points easily. Next game, New England Patriots minus six in Miami. I mean, this is so easy. This is so easy. We saw the Patriots last week. 
I'm not going to talk about them anymore. We know they're amazing. Last year, they got beat in Miami. They played better. They won the Miami game. And then they had some stupid mental fucking embarrassment. And they lost the game on fucking Hail Mary, lateral, out of position. That was bull. That was bull how they lost that game. They are not going back to Miami this year and losing another game. On top of that, we all saw it. It was my worst pick of my career. Miami's quit. That franchise is toast. 0-16 is a real possibility. New England is minus 19. Tease that down to minus 6. New England is going to blow the doors off of Miami. Blow the doors. Don't worry about that. Normally, early season, humidity down there, division of road and opponent. It's a scary spot. Do not worry about it. Not this year. New England is going to blow the doors off of them. New England minus 6. L.A. Chargers, they're three-point favorites in Detroit. Matt Patricia's not a good coach. He is just not a good coach. He can coach up a defense a little bit. They're going to try and run the ball with Kerryon Johnson. He's not relying on Matt Stafford. They should have wiped the floor with Arizona. They let Arizona come back at the end of the game. I don't like, I do not like Matt Patricia and and the Lions. I don't trust them. Chargers are a pretty good team. Chargers were better on the road than at home last year. I like Phillip Rivers. They look sharp. They got Eckler. They got Justin Jackson in the backfield. They can do a little hurry up. They can slow it down. Keenan Allen. Mike Williams got banged up. Maybe he's going to play. They got Enan. Enan Williams. I don't know. Enan, number 15. I can't say his name. But they got good receivers. I like Phillip Rivers. Plus 10. I like that. I think that's going to be a close game. Lions might be able to squeak out a win, but honestly, I think the Chargers are going to roll right over them. Take the Chargers plus 10. Indianapolis going to Tennessee. Tennessee is the biggest fool's gold team in the league. They got a decent defense. Derrick Henry is a robot. He's the least flexible running back I've ever seen. I I don't like Derrick Henry at all. Mariota sucks. He sucks. He blows cocks Monday to Friday. Shows up on Sunday. Blows more cocks. Do not trust them. Indianapolis, Jacoby Brissett. He's been the starter all offseason. He's getting all the number one reps. Andrew Luck was in and out with his injuries. Jacoby Brissett has more or less been the starter all offseason. He's gotten all the reps. I just said that. I'm fucking repeating myself. I'm an idiot. Take Indianapolis. Three-point underdogs in Tennessee. They're saying they're even teams. Colts, Frank Reich. Great coach, good defense, good offensive line. Offensive lines travel. That's a Mike Lombardi line. Offensive lines travel. Remember that. That is gold. That is truth. Take the Colts, plus 16 in Tennessee. Tennessee will let you down. As soon as you like Tennessee, they'll let you down. As soon as you count Tennessee out, they will walk. They will walk all over a team like they did with the Browns. Arizona, West Coast to East Coast. Tough travel coming into Baltimore. 13 and a half point underdogs? Are you serious? Are you serious? Let me do that a little higher. Are you serious? I know we liked what we saw from Baltimore last last week against Miami. Miami might as well have been a high school team. That doesn't count. The Baltimore Ravens are a run team. They're a defensive team. Lamar Jackson is not going to put up 50 points every week. The Baltimore Ravens are going to win 24 to 10 games every week. They're going to win 
20 to 7 games every week. Baltimore's a great team. I love the team, but they're a low-scoring run defensive team. They're not a running gun and shoot. And what I saw from Kyler Murray, I don't love the Cardinals. I like Kyler Murray. Late game, that kid threw interceptions. He had plenty of mistakes. He was not rattled. That's a ballsy kid. That kid's got confidence and self-belief. He's got Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, David Johnson, a shit offensive line, a shit defense, decent D-line, shit secondary. They got their starters up, starting two starting corners out. If you put 13 points on top of 13 and a half, I'll do a little math for you. That's 26 and a half points. The Baltimore Ravens are not going to beat another team by 26 and a half points the rest of the season. Take Arizona. 13 and a half is way too many points to be given the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray is going to put up some touchdowns. I guarantee it. Guarantee Kyler Murray puts up points against the Ravens. I like the Ravens to win. But if you can get 26 and a half points on that tease, you take 26 and a half points. Next game, Buffalo Bills at the New York Giants. New York Giants, Eli Manning. I've taken the under on the season total of the Giants. Last year, I took it this year because Eli Manning is a pile of dog shit. He is a wet, soggy, mushy brown pile of dog shit. He smells like asshole. I cannot believe they have not moved on from him already. He blows. We all saw that. Dallas, pretty good team. Dallas, we all, they're not the Patriots. Like, Dallas rolled over the Giants. I like Dallas. I think they're good. I think that was way more of the Giants. Saquon Barkley's a monster. He is a generational talent. Everything else, Giants defense is eh, pretty good. Not great. Offensive line, eh. Eli Manning, <laughs> wide receivers, eh. I like the Giants. They're not going to put up a lot of points. Bills defense. They were rock stars last week. Josh Allen, same thing as Eli Manning. Josh Allen, he had a couple moments here and there, but do not put your money on Josh Allen. Do not do it. I did it last week by mistake. I'm never doing it again. Never. I won, and I'm never doing it again. Take Buffalo Giants under 56.5. You tease that under, unders, and underdogs. That's what I'm talking about. Tease that under 56.5. Eli Manning and Josh Allen are not putting up points. Buffalo has an amazing defense. Giants have a pretty good defense. That is such an easy under. 56 and a half. Then I'm taking the home team. The New York Giants, plus 15. Honestly, I don't know who's home. Giants are three-point underdogs. Two-point underdogs. Doesn't matter. They're both in New York. It's practically a home team. Doesn't. There's no home field advantage there. Take the Giants. Saquon Barkley is the most talented player on the field. In that offense, defense, Bills, Giants, Saquon Barkley is going to be the most talented player on that field. He'll be able to control the ball. He'll be able to sneak out some runs. Buffalo has a very good defense, but I think he's still going to be able to shake and bake, score some points. Giants are at home. They're definitely at home. Yeah, they're two-point underdogs. That doesn't make any sense. The Bills suck. The Bills are horrible. They, The Bills should never be road favorites that makes so little sense tease the giants plus 15 they're gonna run the ball they're gonna give it to barkley 100 times easy let's go up to the bears at the denver broncos broncos just got waxed by the raiders last night that was a little embarrassing 
I still trust the Broncos' defense. Chicago clearly has in top five, top three, top one defense, the way they shut down Aaron Rodgers, under 53.5. Hammer that under. Hammer that under. Chicago-Denver. It scares me slightly. Denver's at home, mile high. Defenses can get a little tired up there, but Joe Flacco and Mitch Trubisky are not putting up points. Mitch Trubisky looked so atrocious last week. I mean, it was embarrassing. I felt embarrassed for it. I bet on the Bears. That was embarrassing. My money was embarrassed. Take Chicago-Denver under 53.5. Final one. New Orleans in the revenge game. Going to the Los Angeles Rams. They are three-point underdogs. They're telling you it's even teams. Home team gets three points. Unders and underdogs. The New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees with 16 points on the quote-unquote road. This is L.A. L.A. has zero home advantage. For the Chargers, for the Rams, there's just no home field advantage there. There's too many people. There's too many fan bases in that city. Saints fans are going to show up. Drew Brees with 16 points in sunny, beautiful 70-degree weather. He's a dome guy. Don't take a dome guy outside. The Rams stadium is not outside. It's a turf field. It's beautiful weather. Take New Orleans plus 16. They played a real tight battle with Carolina last week. They're a good team. I like the Rams. The Rams could definitely beat New Orleans. New Orleans looked, I mean, they were up and down against Houston. Looked shitty to start. Then they come on strong. Then they kind of give up a little. Then they go back. They have a good secondary, not great. I don't know about their front seven. I think they're decent too. I think this is kind of just an average defense. Drew Brees is definitely going downhill a little bit, but I still like him as a 16-point underdog. He's going to cover that. The Rams' worst case, Rams go out, start winning, and you get Brees with a 16-point backdoor cover. I would expect the game to stay within a touchdown most of the time. Maybe it stretches to two touchdowns for a little bit, and then it closes right back down. It's going to be like the Houston Saints were on Monday night. It's going to be a close game. There's going to be a lot of points. New Orleans plus 16. Here's the wrap-up. Ten teams. Minnesota Green Bay under 57.5. Minnesota plus 16. New England minus 6. L.A. Chargers plus 10. Indianapolis plus 16. Arizona Cardinals, plus 26.5. Buffalo Giants, under 56.5. Giants, plus 15. Chicago Denver, under 53.5. New Orleans, plus 16. That is your 10-team, 13-point, week two teaser. I fucked you on the Dolphins last week. I'm giving you cash this week. This is cash money. Take this one to your local bank, to your credit union. Slip it across the table. They're going to give you money. I put two units on it, put 20 units on it. This one is hitting guaranteed. That's the G word, guaranteed. Look out for Saturday morning, college football, English Premier League bets. Podcast will be coming out. It's just those bets. It'll be a quick hitter. Give you my picks Saturday morning.